This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Laura Lombard, President and CEO, Kansas Global Trade Services. Welcome to Issues 2023. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for spending a little time with us. First of all, I like to start with the basics, Laura. What is Kansas Global Trade Services? Good question. So Kansas Global Trade Services is an organization. We're a nonprofit here based in Wichita, and our mission is to help Kansas companies that are interested in selling overseas. So our entire goal is just to help Kansas companies succeed and, and build revenue. And you're a nonprofit. And we're a nonprofit. Well, how about that? Yeah. How long has the, uh, this company been around now? Since 1987. So really? this is our 35th year. So do you have uh, any idea how it started? Do you know? I do, yeah. I, so we actually started as a World Trade Center. Uh, so that was the World Trade Center for Kansas. And that's where we got our nonprofit status in the first place and, and drove our original mission. And then about... Uh, 10 years ago or so, um, the organization decided to rebrand to Kansas Global, um, but the, the, the same mission applies. We're still here to support Kansas companies that are interested in, in building their revenue overseas. Do you have a physical office then? Uh, Not anymore. Uh, <laughs> so during the pandemic, like a lot of places, right, we, we went, yeah, like well, we, yeah. we, yeah, that too. But no, we, no, we went, uh, we, we decided to go remote. Okay. Um, and I've personally worked remotely for about a decade myself. So I have, I have not found a reason to go back yet. So there's nobody, just you, huh? No, we've got a team. There's but four, they're, yeah. uh, they're, they're, uh, they're remote. Hmm. Yeah, we're all, we're you, all very How do you like that? Or do I, you? I like it. Um, <laughs> I personally like it. it you know, it's, it's, uh, we're able to work well as a team. We meet, you know, in person on a regular basis and we have our team meetings and whatnot. But, um, but beyond that, you know, it, I think it works for folks to be able to both get their work done more efficiently um, and then also get more of their, their personal life yeah. you know, taken care of well. As yeah, well. for some people, it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, for those cases. who are responsible individuals. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the key. <laughs> the rest of us. <laughs> right. There you go. They not. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is the key, right? It's finding, yeah. finding people who can handle that type of lifestyle. So if you're a nonprofit, then how are you funded? How do you keep the doors open? Yeah, a few different ways. So okay. um, we are government funded. Um, so I'll maybe talk about this a little later, but we have a grant through the city of Wichita to help Wichita companies go overseas. So that's one one piece of our puzzle. Uh, we work with companies directly. So we have um, companies that pay us to help them. Um, we are we're going to have a fundraiser later this year because we're a nonprofit, so we can do those things too. Um, so it's a combination of different funding sources that, that keeps us keeps us going and, and helping our companies. So how many employees do you have? There's four of us. Just four? Yeah. Has it ever been bigger than that? Did you shrink with the pandemic or anything? The I think when Karen was running it, the height of the organization was about 10 employees. Okay. So And, and yes, the pandemic certainly uh, didn't help <laughs> that situation. Um, but we've been able to recover from that, and we're still growing this year. So we've, you know, in terms of, of growth, um, in the last year since the pandemic, we've been growing pretty steadily in the right direction. In in terms of the work that you're doing, not the in work, terms of people that you have. People, but. work, revenue, all of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how long have you been with Global Trade Services? Two years. Actually, almost exactly two years. Two years. And, yeah. And what did you do before that, Laura? Yeah. So um, I have been in the international business world pretty much the, the vast majority of my career. Um, I lived in D.C. and, and worked for um, a company called the Cohen Group there that does international business work, um, works with big Fortune 500 type companies. And then I ran an organization that does uh, did work between the U.S. and the Middle East. Um, so did that for several years. And then I moved back to Wichita in 2017. Took a little bit of a, a curve so I could find a good, solid job here. So I helped with a, an online company that was building up. Um, and then side consulting as well. And so how, did you, how and where did you start out? Did you grow up in Wichita? Then? I did. You did? I did, okay. yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I grew up right in this area where we're, we're sitting oh, in the okay. studio now. And, <laughs> yeah, not, not too far away. <laughs> and went down. to KU um, for college and then left the state for about 10 years, got my master's and, um, and you know, did some work in D.C. and then reverted back here. I was a boomerang, as they call us. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, came back to help my state. Well, that sounds about like my son who's been, has retired from the Air Force now and come back. Yeah, it's a great mm. place to be. So who are your customers or your clients at, at Global Trade Services? You don't yeah. have to be specific. But sure, I can say. Give, yeah. give us an idea, would you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it really it really ranges. We've got some larger companies that would be more well-known to a lot of the, the folks um, you know, that are listening to this, um, all the way down to small entrepreneurial startups. Uh, we work with both products and services. It's not just products. Um, but they range anything from um, from food and beverage companies to um, aviation and industrial companies, uh, agricultural technologies. I mean, it really ranges. And that's what's fun about this job is every day we get to work with someone in a different sector. Why do they come to you? We are the main organization in Kansas that can really help support companies that are interested in going overseas. So, you know, starting from, you know, companies ask, well, where, where should we go, right? What, what, what location in the world makes sense for us? to um, how are we going to do it once we figure out, you know, are we going to do this with a JV partner? Are we going to look for a distributor? Are we going to, how are we going to set this up so we can help them figure that out? And then lastly, we've got um, a network of consultants like us over the the world that we partner with who can help us identify specific partners Mm. um, for that company too. But I start off with the first thing I think is what about languages? Do you do you speak fifteen different languages? Yourself? I do not. I I I know Spanish pretty well, and I got a sprinkling of other <laughs> phrases and words in a lot of other different languages. But but no, I mean two two thoughts on that. One, in some cases, some of our companies do, um, you know, they do want us to look at English speaking countries. So that's where they feel more comfortable. Yeah. Um, in other cases, that doesn't matter to them as much, um, and we help them. We we've we've partnered with different translation services. So if they want to have their website translated into Spanish, for example, we've got those partners to help them with that. Good. So it really just depends on the comfortability of the, the client. Now, can you brag about the successes of Global Trade Services? I can. Oh, tell us. What, yeah. what, what, what do you like to brag about the most that you've done? So in a more recent uh, win, we'll call it, um, through our first year of the Kansas, or sorry, the Wichita Export Accelerator Program, um, our companies in their first year of, of sales overseas sold over a million dollars more. Um, than they would have if they hadn't um, been doing that. So that's a pretty good, pretty good win. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but over the course of the 35 years, um, you know, we've helped with multi millions of dollars of revenue coming into Kansas, based off of the work that we've done with clients. Okay, and I, I'm going to go ahead and I, I, just a different. I had written this differently for these questions, but I'm going to jump, a, sure, uh, jump a question up. I yeah. don't know why I'm telling you that, but uh, something recently has happened that I thought I'd like to get your comments on, and that is that. Uh, that Paris uh, uh, Air Show. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't go, did you? No, I did not. Have you ever been to one of those? I haven't, but I'm uh, probably going to try to go in the next year or I so. I think you ought to go next I, year. I agree. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's probably a, a lot of fun. Did you uh, I'd comment on that? Because I know Boeing did very well there. Yeah. And Boeing is, what well, as far as the manufacturers, exporters in Kansas, number one, two, what? Uh, aviation or aerospace aviation. is, yeah, it depends on how you calculate agriculture, but it's either the first or the second, depending on how you, again, decide you want to yeah. calculate things. What do you think that's worth in a year? Do you calculate something like that? The state does. That yeah. Just, um, the state has the data in term, and I, again, I don't know it offhand, but, uh, but the state does have the data 
um, on their website, the commerce site, okay. as to how much every year um, agriculture and aviation is worth. And that's the second one I was going to ask about uh, agriculture, because mm-hmm. uh, here in Wichita, we don't think about that much about it, I don't think. But agriculture is, uh, in Kansas, is big, big, big. Big money. Tell me about that. Tell me about agriculture. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, in terms of Kansas as a state, we are one of the highest producing, of course, we know wheat. Um, corn, you know, is, as has been a growing commodity for quite some time now. Cotton, of course, is another one that we're, um, we're growing into as, as, you know, as the years go by, uh, soybeans and whatnot. So in terms of kind of your, and beef, mm. um, so yeah. of course, all of those are major commodity markets, uh, for Kansas to send, uh, both across the country and then overseas to a lot of different markets. So you take a company that, what would be a company that would specialize in, in exporting wheat? Is there a company? Or? There are there are four Com- commodities. There, oh, okay. there, yeah. So commodities in general, there are different um, trading companies for that. We actually don't do a lot on that side, on the commodity side. We help more. Let's say there's an agricultural technology that is being developed. Um, I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, a client that we've uh, worked with in various ways um, does irrigation. Um, so they've got a really innovative irrigation system mm-hmm. um, that they have interest. In, it's changing now, given kind of we're in a drought and whatnot, but. Historically, they've done better going overseas um, with their product than they have in the United States. Mm. Um, so that's an interesting case study where, you know, overseas was a better market for I them. I can see the where there's a lot of market for that overseas. Uh, yes, especially yeah. Especially the drought and so forth. Absolutely. Is ag still, is, 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 have you had any setbacks? I mean, our wheat crop this year apparently is pretty crummy. But uh, is it still holding up agriculture overall as an export? It is. It is. Um, I'm sure it always will. It's just that it always will. There, yeah. It ebbs and flows. Yeah. Last year's crop was because of the drought. Yeah, um, <laughs> was harsher. This year they're getting more rain, so we'll see how the, you know how it, how it ends up. But um, but yeah, last year was kind of a was <laughs> was a rough year. Um, yeah, we'll you know we'll see. hopefully this year will be better. But it is. It's an ebb and flow type of market. Yeah, you're listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey Radio Stations. Laura Lombard. President and CEO of Kansas Global Trade Services is our guest this week. And uh, how did the uh, let's backtrack a little bit on COVID? How did the COVID pandemic impact your your company? I know you said you went mm-hmm. remote, but there any other impact? Uh, did you have any shutdown or anything like that? Well, trade was you know during especially the early parts of COVID where no one really knew what was going on. Uh, of course, it makes businesses more nervous about trying to enter new markets, um, and it was also just logistically very difficult. Um, during those, you know, those two to three years. Thankfully, we're coming out of that. Um, you know, a lot of the supply chain issues that, again, resulted from COVID are starting to more and more resolve, um, you know, getting better and better for folks. Uh, so we're not seeing the kind of stalling of things. You know, again, everyone just kind of froze, right, in, in, in any number of ways <laughs> during that first six to 18 months, um, depending on, on who you were. And but now we're seeing companies have a lot more interest in trade again. Um, it, the, some of the challenges are alleviating. The other trend we're seeing a lot of right now is what's called nearshoring. 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 So <laughs> nearshoring means companies that are maybe um, producing some of their products overseas are either bringing them back to the United States to produce here, or the nearshoring part would be bringing it back to places like Mexico or Canada. Okay. Um, so that's something that we're getting more involved with, too, is helping companies that are interested in bringing their, their production back, um, or at least closer to home than, say, Asia. Mm. Um, so that's a big growing trend in our, in our world as well. The, uh, you mentioned something there that uh, I, I'm going to talk about your predecessor for just a minute. Sure. But 
when this uh, when the song you know what hit the fan on this uh, COVID thing, uh, she commented that <laughs> she, you know, it's going to be the supply chain, and I thought, yeah. wow, nobody's saying that. Yeah, and you guys right on you, it. You guys knew, yeah, that it was going to impact not only goods and services but the aircraft industry, everything, everything. Yeah. everything. Well, we were already having some level of issues with supply chain even prior, so I'm not surprised she said that. And then, of course, when you have everything just slow down to a halt, right? You have production in Asia, for example, you know, where a lot of the production factories were just, you know, people didn't know what to do, so they just shut them down, right? So you have that piece. Then you have the issue around containers and, you know, and and then, of course, you know, human capital in terms of port systems. And and then it's just all sorts of different issues that it was a chain effect. Well, Um, in in talking with our local car dealers, that became apparent that there weren't enough microchips. No, among other issues, yeah. And that is that is it being resolved? More so, yeah. I mean, I, I know, talk a little bit about what's going on up in Bel Air. You mean in terms of uh, Integra? Yeah, Integra. Yeah. Tell, me about, tell me about that. Yeah, so, I mean, in, Integra is coming to Wichita or coming to the Wichita area. Um, right now, the, the name of the game is Semiconductors. Uh, we've been told by the state and whatnot when we're out and about in the world to look for um, you know, potential other semiconductor um, companies. Uh, but it's really exciting. I mean, I think because of Panasonic that's coming in and more of the Kansas City area, um, that, again, that whole supply chain issue, right? So Panasonic is going to need a lot of other suppliers, such as um, companies that can do, um, you know, more on the electrical side of things. You know, Integra is a piece of that. Um, and there will be more coming in, both in, to Wichita and to Kansas as a whole, because of, of the Panasonic deal. I, I was amazed the other day, to, I guess I where I've been, but... The modern uh, car that rolls off the assembly line mm-hmm. has, I think that was 1,400 chips in it. Something like that. Good gravy. Yeah. Can we ever We're, manufacture enough of those things, you think? I mean, it's... Because <laughs> you got Taiwan is doing it too, but that, yeah. that's... Yeah. I mean, the supply of, of different uh, rare earth materials and whatnot that are needed, I mean, they're, they're rare earth materials for a reason, right? And it's, it's also because they're hard to mine and they're difficult to mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's some environmental issues around that as well. So can we, I mean, are we now? Yes. Are we, will we in the future remains to be seen, <laughs> but it's all a supply and demand type. That's why we see higher prices now, right? I mean, it's a supply demand issue. Sure. It always is. Right. Let's go backtrack just a little bit because I want to talk about uh, smaller companies. You mentioned you've got big companies and small companies that you work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many of these smaller companies uh, support the aircraft makers, do you think? The ones that we're working with, um, generally not. Okay. Um, partly that's because one of our mandates um, is to try to help diversify Wichita's economy. So we are actively looking for companies that we can help grow through exports that maybe are not in that sector. Not because we don't want the aviation sector to grow and succeed, but, but trying to diversify uh, which Wichita has to offer. Well, let's just talk about small business and uh, business in, in general then. That want to do business overseas, can you name one or two, or, or is that confidential information? It is confidential. Okay. okay. Um, but I, again, I can give you examples. An example of the would be a so and so company that does. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. so we're again, we're working with um, a couple. We're working with one food-related manufacturer right now. We're working with a, a an alcohol-related um, company right now. Um, alcohol meaning. Rubbing alcohol or the kind you drink? Kind you drink. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, okay. um, so there, I mean, there's more, there's more um, you know, we've got a pretty good beer scene. We've got a good distillery scene going on in Wichita right now. So helping them find other markets and other places. 
Um, that, that would be one example. I'll give one other. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also working with quite a few different um, uh, software as a service companies that are, are starting up here in Wichita. So helping them find and develop their global marketing strategies as well. Hmm. So when, it, when you talk to small business people, uh, I'm sure, is there any part of it? We, you know, I'm just sure your, your services are taken by the hand and show them how to do it. Yeah. But do any of them have a clue as to how to start this? I wouldn't know where to start. I'd have to call you first. Yeah, well, that's what we hope. <laughs> we, we want you to call us first, right? I mean, that, that's the goal. Right. Um, and yeah, a lot of them do. Uh, you know, some some of the companies we work with have folks who have been exporting longer term and they're still utilizing our services because maybe we're taking something off of their plate. Um, but yes, for a lot of the first timers, that's really the goal of our existence is to help walk through um, folks who maybe have never experienced, you know, uh, ex- maybe even exporting out of the state in a yeah. sense, right? I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's domestic exporting and there's national uh, or international exporting. Um, so helping them figure out, okay, what's, what's the strategy around doing this and who, who are trusted partners to do it with? Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about uh, uh, and the impact of uh, what's going on in Ukraine. Have we felt that mm-hmm. in Kansas? We in have. exports? So Ukraine and Kansas are somewhat similar in their markets, in their their economies. Agriculture. Ag in particular. Yeah. 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 So and, and similar agricultural products. And unfortunately, partly because of the drought last year, we haven't fully been able to take advantage of that. Hmm. Um, and and we could in future years, um, you know, as some of the markets that have historically relied on Russia or Ukraine for certain products, certain agricultural products. Kansas could, you know, could fill that gap, could fill that void. And it needs to because there's a lot of people across places like Africa um, that in certain places, you know, food security is a real problem. And historically, they'd been getting their, um, a lot of their food supplies um, from places like Ukraine and Russia. So if we can, you know, help with that, that's important. What has been the impact of inflation, interest rates? uh, Mm -hmm. How has that impacted our exports? We yeah. talk about exports and imports, right? Yeah, both. Okay. So on the in Kansas, yeah, in, yeah absolutely. Uh, I mean, it absolutely has. Um, just access, of course, to disposable income for families. That's more on the import side in terms of you know being able to afford um, you know goods and services coming into the state. That's one side of it. Um, in terms of exporting outside, there's some opportunities with this. Um, that I think, again, our, our Kansas companies could be taking better advantage of in terms of being able to bring more revenue into the state because um, that's important in terms of, of these issues as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think um, you know, people are, are being more conservative right now because they're concerned about what the economy is doing. Yeah. So you know, maybe not investing as much into expanding their operations um, so they could export more. Those types of things are definitely affecting International tension nev- never helps, I don't suppose. No, but. no, it doesn't. Huh. I mean, it can it can offer opportunities in a, on occasions like the in terms of the Ukraine. Um, what about China? But, oh, China. What are we supposed to think about China? What are we supposed to think about China? Should we China? just go crawl under the bed and say, ooh? It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 a growing concern. Um, you know, from a geopolitical standpoint, um, you know, by all accounts, things are are getting. Um, uh, rougher is the word that's coming to mind. It's probably not the word I want, but yeah. um, but you know, it's it, tensions are rising um, between our two countries, partly over Taiwan. Um, that's why you're seeing a lot of what I mentioned earlier, the nearshoring. One of the reasons um, people are nearshoring from China or moving their operations out of China because of the concerns around the geopolitical situation. Also, the tariffs have made it more costly, 
And then, of course, you added in the supply chain issues uh, that we were having the last few years. So it was more costly in time, if not money or both. Um, so for all of those reasons, a lot of companies are choosing to leave and re-look re at where in the world that they are, are going to produce their products. And that's what we, what we see a lot with China. But yeah, China is uh, it's a growing concern. There's a lot of reports out there that um, you know, over the next coming years that, that there may be more of a, a, a real conflict between our two countries. Yeah, then if, if those of us who are naive would say, you know, as long as we're trading with them, they're not going to. They're probably not going to do anything terribly bad. But. Well, the problem becomes <laughs> that we are we're backing off on wanting to trade with them. Yeah. So oh, okay. So there's so to your point. I mean, historically we've that been so be economically. That can be a weapon. It can be a uh, yeah. yeah okay. I mean, we've been so tied the last you know a couple of decades with China in terms of trade that I think that premise has held true. Um, but if we're backing away from it, and and for good reasons, not for bad reasons, but we're backing away from it, then some of those economic bonds start to break. Or start to at least you know become less right. less strong. Well, it's uh, it's a quite an issue. It is. It is. It's imports, <laughs> exports. What yeah. uh, were you as a child? Were you interested in doing something like this for a living? Or as a child, you know, it's funny. I was. I've been interested in global cultures and history forever. I, I don't think that I thought I was going to necessarily go into this route until after grad school. And the first job I had out of grad school with the Cohen Group I mentioned earlier really kind of set my path in international business. And I found out I loved it. Mm. Um, so ever since I've been really interested in kind of the nexus of, of uh, the business side of things, the geopolitical, the diplomacy, it's all together. And it's fascinating and it's never boring. In your career, <laughs> have you encountered any sign of, uh, uh, I'd say, gender prejudice? I mean, uh, female issues. People did not, did anybody ever ask you to go make the coffee and things? <laughs> thankfully, know the kind no, of thing. no. Yeah. Those things happen. Um, thankfully, I have not experienced something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, interestingly enough, when I look across the the international trade world, a lot of us are women, which is interesting. I don't know why that is, but a lot of us are. Um, so that part has helped. Um, I've never had something quite so blatant as you know, go get the coffee, but. Um, <laughs> I think it's been a combination for me because I'm still a relatively young woman. So more on the younger side, I think, where maybe people were looking at me kind of being like, okay, she's, you know. <laughs> well, and, and I, I must tell you that uh, just my work experience, I've been in radio for almost, well, more than 50 years, and I've seen dramatic changes. Yes. As uh, I mean, broadcasting when, when I started was pretty much mostly a guy thing. Sure, yeah. And, uh, wow, yeah. women yeah, have come have on. And they, <laughs> that's become sort of a... A girl thing, so yeah, things have evolved. It's been, it's, it's been and it's nice to see uh, your generation, my granddaughters. Mm -hmm. are, see, they don't they don't know what they don't, nothing's going to hold them back. Yeah, there's absolutely. nothing to hold them back, and they're gonna they're gonna excel Take on sure. the world. So, what's the future look like for Kansas and our companies and and yeah. world trade? What are we looking at? I I think we're actually in some of the best shape we've been, and and our our ability to grow what's been started over the last several years um, is enormous. So I mean, you have again companies like Panasonic choosing Kansas. Um, we're, we're winning, you know, big bids like that, and I think that's probably the, just the beginning. Um, you know, and from that, more and more companies coming in, and when you have more companies come in, it's depending on the company. That also means there's more chances for exporting, right? So growing our economy that way. All right. So more jobs, more you know, revenue coming in. You sound kind of. Well, pretty optimistic about I, the whole thing. I am pretty optimistic about the whole thing. I'm, I'm excited about what the future holds for Kansas and our economy, and all, all of the pieces of the puzzle are there. We just have to keep growing it. Thanks for being with us uh, this morning. We appreciate it. Lauren Lombard, President and CEO, Kansas Global Trade Services. Again, thank
Thank you for spending a little time with us this morning. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2023. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.